Rob Carpenter, former New York Jets wide receiver, former NFL receiver, spent a few years with the Jets in the early 90s, 92 to 94. So you saw a lot what went on in that locker room, of course. A couple of coaches, Bruce Coslett and, of course, Pete Carroll. Uh, Rob, welcome to the Sports Sit-Down. Hey, appreciate you having me on. So a lot going on in the Giants locker room. Uh, a surprise that Eli Apple, a former number one pick, and Snacks Harrison moved in the last couple of days? Um, yeah, it's actually pretty surprising. Um, it seems like there's a whole fire sale going on right now. Um, and you would have thought that if they were going to do this, they would have did it probably before the draft um, <laughs> and before they paid uh, Odell Beckham. You know, you paid out a lot of money for top-notch wide receiver, then you take a top-notch back um, without taking a quarterback. And, you know, seven weeks into the season, now you're having a fire sale to blow the whole team up. Seems like seems like that's the direction they're going, and they're just going to try and uh, flip the whole team around. But they already paid out a lot of money for a few guys, so it's a little weird timing for this whole thing. What's your, your your view of Eli Manning? Is he done, or does he have anything left in the tank? Should, should the Giants just pull the plug on him right now? Um, me personally, I think they should have drafted a quarterback <laughs> because I think Eli's pretty much done. You know, uh, it seems like um, last couple of years, you know, it's just been uh, worse and worse. And the Giants' record actually shows it. So, um, and granted, last year for the most part, Odell was uh, hurt for a while, but um, you know, things weren't so much better. You know, the year before. So, um, you know, it just seems like he, Eli's been on the d- downslide for a few years now, and I think. Everyone saw it coming, except for <laughs> the Giants' management. It just just seems that way. Rob, now you mentioned Odell Beckham Jr. They, the Giants recently paid him a boatload of money. Is it realistic that this team is even contemplating or thinking about moving the star wide receiver? I don't think so. Um, <clears throat> it would be kind of hard right now, uh, especially with all that money they just gave him. I don't think anybody in the, else in the league would um, you know take on that contract. So. Um, you'd have thought, like I said, just, just a few minutes ago, you'd have thought if they were going to do this, uh, or be in this type of situation where they were going to be moving a lot of players, um, they would have done it before, you know, giving him the money or even, uh, selecting Barkley, you know, it's just kind of a waste, uh, for, you know, two extreme talents like, like those guys. And they have some talent on the, on the team. It's just that, you know, the most important position on the team. Uh, they're lacking, and it doesn't seem like that's going to get any better anytime soon. How soon do you think we we will see a, a change at the quarterback position for the New York Giants, transitioning away from Eli and maybe giving uh, Kyle Oletta a chance? I think if things continue the way they are, you know, they, they continue to lose games um, like they've been, um, and Eli continues to play the way he's been playing. You know, he's, he's not connected uh, quite a few times with with Odell, and actually, I think we saw Sherman's frustration during the during the game against Atlanta at one point in time where he specifically called to play for for Odell, and Eli had him open for a touchdown. He actually didn't throw it. So, and you sort of the reaction of of Shermer on the sidelines. I mean, it's been around all over the place, and he's he's like, why didn't he throw it to Odell? Um, I think if that continues, you know, for a few more weeks, he he, he might actually end up pulling the plug, and uh, you know, because everybody sees they have to go in a different direction. They need a quarterback. Um, and Eli's just not the guy. And they can't get rid of him. Eli has a no-trade clause in the contract. So, um, you know, he's not going anywhere. So um, I think they may just have to pull the plug, you know, uh, within the next couple of weeks if uh, 
things can continue the way they are. Now we're talking with Rob Carpenter, former New York Jets wide receiver. He does a weekly podcast with me called The Gang Green Report. You can search Mad Sports Radio on iTunes or SoundCloud to hear those. Now, now Rob, you were part of the Jets in 92, 93, 94. So you had Kenny O'Brien, uh, Browning Nagel, and Boomer Esiason. Uh, to the fact, go to the point to the fact that you saw a coach in, in Bruce Coslett in 1993. You Jets lost the last three games of the year, and they made the, the switch. They kind of cut loose a lot of players going into the 94 season, brought in Pete Carroll, and you saw the switch. Do we see that happening here with the Giants? That like They're just going to start cutting players loose and, and go in a completely different direction right now? Um, I, I think with the coaching change they made already, um, I think now they are going in a different direction. They, you know, uh, trade deadline coming up, they have already started. Um, it's just kind of weird to me that they actually have, uh, they, they didn't get as much for, for the players for Eli Apple and for, for Snacks Harrison that you would think they would have gotten. Snacks is one of the, one of the best D linemen in the, in the league, uh, interior D linemen. <clears throat> and for them to only get a fifth round draft choice for him was a little weird to me. And I think that, opened up a lot of people's eyes that they were just basically just trying to unload the house and, and, you know, get whatever they can get right now and, and start in a whole nother direction. But, um, no, we'll, we'll see next week, uh, by, by the time the trade deadline is over, uh, how much they're actually trying to, to rebuild. Um, you know, by the end of the season, uh, you know, if the, the season continues the way it is, um, Sherman's just going to have a lot of, a lot of unhappy players on his hands by the time the season is over. And um, it really doesn't get much better because actually the guys can actually see the writing on the wall when you're going into the offseason. You know, if there's not a major change at the quarterback position, you know, they pretty much know it's going to be basically the same way coming into the coming into the following season. And my concern here is, you know, again, referencing you with the Jets, you, you had uh, Co- you had Coslett and then you went to Carroll and then the Jets went to Cotite in, in 19. 19- uh, 95 is Pat Shermer in jeopardy of, of completely losing this team and eventually possibly putting his, his job in jeopardy the way the Jets cut ties with Pete Carroll after one year? Um, I don't think so. Uh, basically because, you know, that's not his job to actually cut ties with the players that they cut him with. Um, you know, he can only work with what he has. And unfortunately, you know, what he has is just not getting the job done. He can't, you know, force Eli to be a better player. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, you know, he's just going to try to get the boats out of what he has. And I don't think he'll, I don't think the Giants will actually make that change. They haven't been known to be a, a team to do that management, to do that uh, so quickly. Um, I think he'll have at least two more years uh, to, to try to get things turned around. Rob, overall, Obviously, Eli, the issue, uh, a big issue. You, he's he's towards the end of his run in the NFL in his career. But overall, as a team, where else are there weaknesses on this Giants team? Um, well, it just seems like <clears throat> on the defensive end, uh, for whatever reason, they just it, it can't get stops when they need to get stops. Um, so, I think the Giants actually will will. Try to go in, a, in, a, in another another range of, of putting defensive players on the field with with Collins, um, Janoris Jenkins. If they don't get rid of Janoris Jenkins, um, you know, because he's one of the better def- defensive backs in the, in the league, um, I would be shocked if they got rid of Collins. That would tell me that they're actually rebuilding all over the entire defense. But um, honestly, they need an offensive line. Um, that's that's one of the biggest problems they have. Uh, you know, 
coming into the season, last season, um, they finally made the change to get rid of Eric Flowers. Um, and <clears throat> that was kind of a, a big hot spot for them. Uh, they didn't want him. They tried to trade him. Then they brought him back. You know, it was, that was a whole weird scenario for, for me to look at. You know, and I'm not even in that locker room. So I could imagine how it was in the locker room with, with guys actually uh, being in the same, <laughs> you know, same uh, room with them. So, um Giants in the offensive line. They have really good skill position players. Um, Barkley's one of the best, you know, young players in the league. Odell Beckham, Shepard, Evan Ingram is a great tight end. So they have skill position players. They just need the old line to actually catch up. Um, and that's been a problem. <clears throat> it's been a problem for a few years, it seems like. <laughs> uh, moving to the New York Jets, and really, the, it really shows how fragile a NFL football player's career is. Uh, Bilal Powell injury to his neck could be career threatening um talk about uh what, what it's like to you know to be an nfl player and, and one play your career could be over um yeah it's unfortunate for Bilal, man uh last year kind of got a taste of this with with quincy you know he had to miss the entire season because of a neck injury um this year just that one play <clears throat> you know it's Bilal, uh you know and we're finding out now that it could be, uh, you know, career threatening uh, for him since he's got to have surgery. Um, I actually was on the field uh, with a great player, uh, Al Toon, who uh, unfortunately his career ended a little, a uh, little sooner than than most people thought it would. Um, and granted, he had played for for ten years already, um, but it was just one play, and it didn't seem like it was a major, uh, major play that ended his career. You know, it was just everybody saw it, it was just. Uh, a catch, a simple tackle, he goes down, and he, just, he never got back up. Um, and it was, uh, unfortunately, it was a concussion thing with him. Uh, he had had a few, and it was just, uh, you know, the worst-case scenario. So, um, yeah, and it only takes just that one play. And the way the league is now, um, you know, with trying to put safety first, especially with head injuries, it's causing a lot of other injuries uh, around, <clears throat> uh, forcing the defenders to actually go lower on players, so a lot of leg injuries are happening. Um, and mostly everybody knows that anybody playing the game of football, most players will tell you, you know, hit me up high, don't hit me low. Because <clears throat> immediately if you hit a guy low, take a knee out, that's basically they're, they're, they're done. You hit a guy high, um, you know, it could take a toll later on down in their life, but they may continue to get, get a chance to play, which all players know that's the, that's the uh, risk you take when you're out on the field. Um, but, you know, I was on the field for a guy who actually his career was over, you know, it happened right in front of me. Um, and unfortunately, I was actually the guy who actually had to replace him. So um, it only takes that one play, man. And it doesn't even have to be a, a major tackle or anything like that to, to put a guy's career in jeopardy. Yeah, I want to talk a little bit about Al Toon there. You, you talked about him, a great Jets wide receiver. Uh, this just came across the wire. The Jets uh, say that uh, Powell will need surgery on his neck to take care of a bulging disc. So uh, that could be it for the 30-year-old's career. Uh, terrible news. Uh, you talk about Al Toon. Uh, people don't know it. Uh, came into the league in 1985. Uh, Kenny O'Brien was a quarterback. Jets had some great years in 85 and 86. And, you know, Toon had better numbers first few years of his career than Jerry Rice had. And people don't yeah. don't, don't realize what a receiver that Al Toon was. Uh, describe Al Toon as a player because, man, he would go across the middle and he would take a hit. He wishes he would have had the chance to play in today's game where you can't hit up hit up high. Al was like, uh, you know, he was a guy that actually, growing up being a Jets fan, you know, I looked up to, <clears throat> uh, to Al. Um, playing receiver, uh, being a hometown guy. Of course, I was watching everything that he did, and Al was a—he was a big receiver. Um, you know, six four, 
and could run like like the wind, man. He was he was a track star. So, uh, but he was basically a, a football player who ran track. So it was it was awesome to see, uh, you know, as a, as a kid growing up watching him, but being on the same field as him, and seeing sitting in the same locker room as him, right next to him in the locker room. Um, picking his brain a little bit, but he was a great player, man. And like you said, uh, a lot of people don't know that his numbers are better than Jerry Rice's early on. It's just unfortunately that the Jets weren't as good as San Francisco. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, Ken O'Brien and, and Kyle Mackey and Pat Ryan weren't as good as Joe Montana and, and Steve uh, Young. Are hey, you saying that, Rob? Are you telling hey, me that? I think we all know that. <laughs> you can't <laughs> be telling me that. You're on the wall for us to see that. Um, and it's just that, you know, unfortunately he got buried, you know, uh, in the doldrums of being in, in, in the green and white at that period of time. So, um, but for me looking at it, you know, I can compare him, you know, to, to Jerry with the fact that Al did go across the middle. He was fearless going across the middle. Um, he was able to get deep. He had the speed to get deep. He did everything that Jerry did. Um, so he made one handed catches. Uh, you know, like I said, he was a big guy. So, um, it, you know, unfortunately his career was cut just a little short because I think, uh, you know, if he was able to play a few more years, um, Al that would definitely be a Hall of Famer, uh, without a doubt. Yeah, you, you look at the numbers, him. 517 career receptions for Al Toon, played from 1985-1992, 31 career touchdowns. I just want to thank you so much, Rob, for coming on for a couple of minutes here. Uh, Rob Carpenter, former New York Jets wide receiver. Uh, you, he does a host a weekly podcast with me called The Gang Green Report. You can search Mad Sports Radio on iTunes and also SoundCloud. Thank you so much, Rob. Hey, no problem, Mike, anytime. All right, Rob Carpenter giving some analysis there and some historical reference with Al Toon. I mean, YouTube Al Toon, Joe, and, and wait till you see the great receiver he was back in his day. And he had better numbers than Jerry Rice had for uh, like four years of his career. I'm going to have to, and I, and I believe everything that you had to say, and obviously his former teammate there, Rob Carpenter. But again, here, here, here comes a, a situation that uh, a talented player has his, his career sh- uh, career. Cut short. Cut short because of injury. Yeah, it, it's it's one thing about the NFL and not having guaranteed contracts that these players, you know, life can end up in limbo because if you're a basketball or baseball player, you, you're going to get your money, you know, yeah. a.k.a. You know, David Wright or you mentioned any baseball or, or basketball player. Uh, NFL players, and if anybody that's played at high school level, college level, it's a grueling, brutal, brutal game. I remember talking to former offensive linemen uh, played with the Chicago Bears and, of course, the USFL's uh, Chicago Blitz. Dan Jiggets, he said, playing in the NFL is, is like getting in a car wreck every day. I can't imagine going putting my body through that on a consistent basis. No, it, it's it's unreal. And and for uh, you know player to you know po- you know Powell was you know popular Jet and he was, you know longest tenure Jet, one of the last uh, the guys signed by Mike Tannenbaum from from that regime. And you look back and everybody picked on. On, on Tannenbaum, but you look back and his his picks are pretty good compared to what the Jets have gone through the last couple of years. Without a doubt, and and back to the injury front though, you got to credit the NFL for trying to do as much as they possibly can to kind of prevent and and make this a a safer game. But at the end of the day, I don't know how realistic it is or how much safer we're really getting. I mean, these guys are going week after week, hit after hit. Uh, it's a physical game. I've I've seen from week one to to right now that you're starting to see a little more helmets helmets you're hearing a little more of that pop 
on the helmets and everything. So the referees are lightening up a little bit. Uh, and you see that week to week, but you also see some great form tackling by guys as well that they learn how to, you know, get their head out of the way at, at times. Which was once an art and was was lost because everything transformed to let me hit this guy as hard as possible. And now, you, like you just mentioned, we're seeing that transition back to old school tackling and, you know, wrapping a guy up. Yeah, look at the old videos from the Steelers back in the 70s and, you know, Mel Blunt. And then you look at a uh, guy, Chris Dishman, that played with the with the Houston Oilers back in the day they lived on on knocking guys teeth out they, you know that's kind of, that's kind of the way it was the, the game has just changed so much i wonder if they're going back into those tapes and showing these guys now that that's the way to, that's the way to get it done well they, i remember espn had a thing with uh, you know tom jackson the former espn broadcaster uh, with the nfl and uh, all the other announcers they had, a, they had a segment called jack you up and they used to take the hardest hits I mean, and that boy, they got rid of that after a couple of years when all the the, I mean, the, the elevation with the concussions came out. What hits are you seeing? I mean, anything that becomes no. a, a you know a, a social media sensation isn't a a pure normal tackle wrap you up. It's someone getting getting demolished. No, there there, uh, there aren't hit big hits anymore, and you, you can't hit the quarterback like like Jim Burt and Leonard Marshall who knocked Joe Montana out of the out of the, the the playoff games back in the 1980s. Those hits that would not be allowed. The 85 Bears. Who relish the fact that they used to beat the bejesus out of the players. They, they, their goal was not only win the game, they wanted to knock the quarterback out of the game.